I love my little girls more than anything, and I said to myself, oh, no, don't, you can't, don't say that. But I had underestimated him. He went on, I would rather see my little girls die now, still believing in God, than have them grow up under communism and one day die is dead i am the star james carey as always with uh the monkey bonzo to ronald reagan and ben time for bonzo my friend jake anderson jake how are you doing good very original uh introduction there uh but yeah i'm good you're the ape you're the monkey. Got Nobody's it. made that fucking. It was lazy. Nobody's made that joke. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> it was original. It was. It was bad, but it was original. Well, I was uh, just trying to be nice, but yes, it was bad. So, oh boy. Um, we've been out for two weeks, and in two weeks, a lot has developed around a a certain issue that's obviously um Donald Trump through like his peace process in like with the Gulf states and things like that you know he felt he was making it a non-issue but the issue of all issues that will always remain is the Israel-Palestine conflict and Recently, there has been another uptick in uh, resistance from Gaza, and I think it is important to put some of this in context because this isn't um, this is not the typical rocket strikes from Gaza because this was not sparked by any type of Israeli aggression or Israeli crackdown on Gaza or even on the West Bank for that matter. Um, this whole incident started over the neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah, which is, you know, it's a Palestinian neighborhood. Uh, I would say it's not a long time Palestinian neighborhood, but that's only because the Palestinians in that neighborhood had to flee like the coastal cities when the Israelis or Zionists or whatever you want to call them first moved in. So these people moved to East Jerusalem and they made these homes, I think, since around the 1950s, right? Uh, shortly after the state of Israel was founded, that's where they, they found themselves on East Jerusalem, which was always something agreed to be part of uh, the Palestinian Authority, uh, or at least under Jordan, originally so now you see the israelis very blatantly um taking full neighborhoods full palestinian neighborhoods of people who are already refugees and they are putting them out of you know putting them out of their homes and they're going to force them into places like the west bank or gaza where they'll starve you know um and what was interesting about this scenario was uh, in response to what Israel was doing in Sheikh Jarrah, 
Uh, Hamas, uh, not typically concerned with issues outside of themselves, uh, sort of stepped up and told the Israeli government, like, look, if you keep pushing and shake your rock, you're going to have a problem. And uh, I would say since the days of, like, the PLO or something, this kind of uh, cross-Palestinian unity from the Palestinians in Jordan who during this crisis tried to storm the fence to like go back to their homes that are just a few miles across the border um, to a lot of the actual resistance inside Israel. And, and we'll get to this too, but also the changing opinion inside the United States, as it seems to be, because I'm seeing a lot of different discourse on Israel in the United States as it is right now. So, uh, fuck. but just to start off, I don't know, Jake, what is, I know you're, you're more of like a huge meta picture type guy, but what are your thoughts on, I don't know, what is your position on Israel Palestine from what you know well I mean from what I know and I, I mean I usually don't talk about it much just because I I haven't put in the research and the scholarship that is really necessary I think for this issue probably more than almost any other issue I can think of um, understanding the history of the conflict um, going back to the 50s and then in the last 20 years, I feel like is crucial and it's extremely nuanced. Um, but having said that, I mean, I definitely uh, am a you know supporter of Palestinian rights, and I you know think that it's largely been um, the violence there is you know just another manifestation of uh, kind of. Uh, form of imperialism and apartheid and well much like you'd agree like the response to a black lives matter protest in the united states is the same thing well yeah i would say yeah i guess they are analogous i mean if despite even a you know despite even if like a black lives matter protest has some like brute force used by the protesters that does not justify like the overreaching response by the government. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're essentially talking about a, a violent occupation, and then when the when the people being occupied attempt to defend themselves in any way whatsoever, they are met with just uh, even more brute force strength and uh, a lot of propaganda about it, and it you know. And this is, you know, that's like a legal thing to remember, too, like as far as like international law is concerned and occupied people have the right to resistance by any means like that is international law that they have the right to resistance because they are occupied. Uh, And whether you consider that in UN speak like the West Bank and Gaza are occupied or you consider it all of Israel is an occupation there is like a, a legal precedent internationally accepted that the Palestinians have the right to resist and they have the right to, 
I don't. Do you mind if I go off on a tangent real quick? Nothing less. Go for it. But yeah, um, like I know, like most people who listen probably understand, like Gaza is an open air prison where no supplies have been let in or out. You know, uh, no supplies or no products have supplies have been let in. No products have been let out. Gaza is essentially an open air prison, a place where. The unemployment rate is above 50%. There's water running four hours a day. There's electricity running like four hours a day. Uh, You know, hospitals and schools are constantly bombed by the Israelis under the auspices of their Hamas bases. And um, I think that when you see the devastation caused by Israel and the fact that they won't even allow the materials in to actually resolve the problem. Um, I think you see why people rally behind Hamas because it's the one organization, the one Palestinian organization that's actually resisting Israel. You know what I mean? And I think that there is a big thing to be said, like, when you're put in that position and you're literally under like an occupation to the point where it's like checkpoints and Kushner was proposing underground tunnels. So nobody would ever have to see a Palestinian, you know, like those types of things. Like at that point you are under an occupation and under international law, you have a, a, a right to resist by any means necessary. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. And I mean, I think, you know, the tide is turning in perception, at least. I mean, I, a lot of, a lot of, you know, there are a lot of pro-Palestinian Jews out there now. I mean, I'm one of them. I mean, I'm not a practicing Jew by any stretch, but I, uh, you know, my, my family is, is, is Jewish. Uh, I mean, my mom was Jewish, so I'm Jewish. Um, and I think this kind of gaslighting that's gone on for so long about, you know, to, to speak up for Palestinians and to criticize Israel is a form of anti-Semitism. I feel like people are starting to, you know, see right through that. And the evidence is just so glaring and it's just getting impossible to ignore at this point. They're trying like within Israel, they're trying as hard as they can to, to block images and to make sure that the full narrative is not being understood. So I feel like there's a pretty intense yeah. brainwashing that's going on within Israel. In Israel, you know, in keep- Israel, you have to understand there is no like center left party. You know, uh, Naftali Bennett, a former Bet- Netanyahu ally, is recently allied with like the Labor Party and like a Muslim party, but. There is no, um, the Israeli like political culture is overwhelmingly right wing. Naftali Bennett, as much as he's in a coalition government with some other more moderate parties, Naftali Bennett will be the prime minister, and he is a far right wing former Netanyahu ally. Dude, it's um, been right militants going back, you know, even you know in the. When I was a teenager, it was it was Ariel Sharon, and he he was and, yeah he was all famously said there would never be two states, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. Like even that's what I mean. Like even the culture of the supposed like liberal Zionist is a complete fraud at this point. 
and I think it's getting harder to sell, especially to like, yeah, Western audiences, Western younger audiences and Western Jewish audiences. I think the focus is shifting on to um, Protestants, evangelical weirdos. You know what I mean? Because um, is, Israel's reaching like this critical mass where they can't accept. Um, well, frankly, they're losing at their plans. By this point, they thought they would have outproduced the uh, Palestinians, and that has not happened. And um, being outproduced, I, I'm there was plans for Jerusalem specifically to have like 60% Jewish population. And no matter how many homes they bulldozed or anything like that, that is yet to happen. And it, it seems like the Palestinian numbers are actually increasing. There is like the Jewish plan, the Zionist plan to sort of like encourage birth among, you know, young Jews. I mean, and that's basically like what birthright is, right? It's yeah. an encourage. I remember mm-hmm. I, I, my friend went to that, you know, like right at 27 is the cutoff. And, you know, to this day, honestly, I still regret not doing it, even though it obviously would have been a, a massive propaganda thing. But just just getting the opportunity to do it would have been interesting, I think. But yeah, there, the, the birthright Israel is is a very interesting example of nationalist propaganda for sure there and there's plenty of things like that there's like jewish you know young uh american like jewish societies that like have like teenage jews go speak to their congressmen and things like that about something they don't even understand and you know there's a lot of like campus like zionist groups that try and counter the Palestinian groups, they don't have much success because obviously Palestine's a much more popular cause on college campuses. Um, a recent poll was, I think it was overall, um, I want to say it was 60% of Americans held Hamas responsible for the violence recently. And then 40% said Israel was responsible. But when you broke it down to demographics, like people under 40, it was completely flipped where it was like 60% blame Israel and 40% blame Hamas. So there's definitely like that boomer attachment to like this, you know, the holy land, I guess, is kind of fading away in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, it's it's one of those issues that I mean, it's it's a big deal for you know even leftist U.S. politicians like Bernie Sanders and whatnot. I mean, it's inconceivable to them. I mean, I was listening to Sean Hannity on the radio, and he was talking about how Bill Maher is now like the voice of reason. Mm-hmm liberals because i guess bill maher must have come out in support of israel yeah he loves israel but But that's the thing that's the thing is like dude it's getting harder and harder for them to sell that's why they're like turning to more and more repulsive figures 
because the more that Israel's project falls apart, and especially this is an episode for a whole nother day where we'll get somebody who knows more about it, but especially with Netanyahu's government falling apart specifically, um, Israel's in kind of a shit place, man. I, I mean, it's not good politically. Like I said, it, the politics are like the political culture is overwhelmingly dominated by the far right. They depend on the far right in this country for their support. Um, I think that the idea of like this soft Zionism is going away. I don't think there's much room for it anymore because as Israel continues to expand, which happened under like Ariel Sharon. You know, the settlements were happening under Sharon. And and like I said, Sharon said there would never be a two-state solution. So there there is, like, no matter what, whether it's, like, this sort of center-left Zionist or a far-right Zionist like Netanyahu or Bennett, um, the... It's almost like the Republicans and Democrats, like they have the same plan, but the execution is different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's a colonial state, so it's a colonial state, so it's going to depend on violence and suppression of this other population. Well, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a global issue. I mean, if you look at it just from a larger perspective, I mean, it's, it's, kind of part I mean that that's why there's kind of more of an intersectional movement now among uh, different activist groups in the US and you know pro-Palestinian groups because you know people are starting to realize that these movements are kind of interconnected in terms in in, in some ways and um, you know there's even like <laughs> there's even like like a, a phrase for progressives who are are you know not pro-Palestinian. It's like a pal uh, progressive except Palestinian. So PEP, PEP. And there's a whole bunch of them, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, supposed yeah. progressives, left-wingers that, that, you know, claim to be progressive, but then for some reason they can't quite get through that next level to understand what's going on in I. In I, I see this a lot and I, I see it a lot and a lot of it is like um, younger like sort of like uh, college educated like Jewish youth where they're like oh um, you know like they went on birthright or something like that and they're like well you're denying my lived experience and that was like something that like AOC fell for you remember that where she was just like, oh, well, I, I know I said what the Israelis are doing is wrong, but I, I, I can't deny Jewish lived experience. And like, it's that meshing of Judaism and Zionism together is like, oh, this is one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to apologize for both, even though they're not connected at all. And you, you, that is, like, that's the most disgusting part of the Israeli lobby is the way they, like, um, the way they adopted the, sort of like how Hillary did, 
they adopted that like woke language you know what i mean like they adopted like this like oh you don't know what it's like to you don't know my lived experience as a jew in israel living next to the iron dome battery you know and like the things like the terms like lived experience and like personal trauma suddenly had to be taken into account despite the fact that you were talking to an open zionist you know well yeah and it's also just the liberals did that well too but the zionists learned very well too you know like the zionists love putting up the pictures of uh the tel aviv gay pride parade or like the jet painted pink for breast cancer it's a very like cynical ploy the same way that like Hillary tried to make herself girl boss. It's a very cynical ploy to try and um, hijack the language of like a youth culture and use it to like basically sign off on, you know, the blood of thousands, which is really disgusting. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think another aspect of it that I hear come up, one of the things I've noticed with people like Bill Maher and others is they they weaponize the, they use the progressive language uh, of, for example, women's rights and gay rights that we of course all believe in, but they weaponize it against the Arab world. Um, For example, they will say, well, Palestinians are, um, you know, have, you know, bad policies toward, toward women. And that, and in some ways, that's true. And the, you know, the Arab world, Palestinian world, uh, they are, you know, bad towards towards gays and and things like that. And you know, they they view that whole the whole Arab world as this monolithic whole without looking at it with more nuance. So you you have a lot of progress, so-called progressives that that use yeah that kind of you know quote unquote woke language to try and you know basically use progressive issues to undermine Palestine instead of focusing on the fact that this is like imperial imperialism and violence that we're talking about more so than we're talking about, um, you know, whether every single Arab community is, you know, treats minorities the way they should, you know what I mean? Right. And either way, I mean, it doesn't give you the, the right to genocide anybody. Right. You know, but um, I, I think, the, and you know what, it's time that the United States and Israel take their part of the blame because during the Cold War, I mean, the leading forces in uh, Palestine and other Arab nations were primarily like, um, pan-arabists they had socialist tendencies um the you know these shit the pflp the popular front for the liberation of palestine the marxists were one of the largest factions within um the palestinian territories before being kicked out into jordan um uh, even, you know, say what you want about Assad or even Gaddafi or Saddam, 
but they had a very pan-Arabist view where they did not believe that the U.S. like belonged in the region and they believed that, uh, you know, they believed that they had, they had a common interest and Israel is obviously outside that interest. But I think the thing, is, the, the important thing to remember is that the United States and the CIA managed to crush these groups Saddam himself came to power by crushing like Democrats and communists and union worker, you know, union organizers and everything like that uh, at the behest of the CIA. But um, you look at this and then Hamas is the perfect example. Uh, Hamas was pumped up by Israel in an attempt to delegitimize the PLO, the more secular uh palestinian political authority and it worked and hamas won the west bank and then israel used hamas winning the west bank as an excuse to pull or i'm sorry gaza uh, as an excuse to pull all their settlers out of gaza and now they blame everything they do on the fact that their creation runs gaza and like I said, is an open air prison. And I honestly encourage anybody listening to genuinely like research what life in Gaza is like, because it is an absolute hell. But yeah, this is just, you know, this is the policy. And Israel is not only that, but Israel also used Gaza as like a weapons testing ground, which is another stick discussion that we'll have to have another day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we should try and get a, a guest, maybe even a debate. Uh, maybe we could even get a, you know, facilitate a debate over this. I'm getting Mike Lindell. <laughs> Either way, uh, yeah. Let's. This will be a short one, but let's wrap it up on this. I, I'll, I'll give my opinion. Is that I, I, I fully think it's it's justified for the Palestinian people to resist. I, I think that they're an occupied people. Um, you see this Israeli like Hollywood propaganda about like the Mossad and like the early days of Israel. And when you see these things, remember that every little like Israeli family, like Eric Bana plays in Munich and all that bullshit. Like they're all living in homes that are already stolen. That is, <laughs> Fucking Sheikh Jarrah, all of Palestine is Sheikh Jarrah. Like, uh, you when you see a movie of a scrappy young Israeli like Mossad agent, uh, I don't know, played by Sasha Baron Cohen, and he's living in a house in Israel, that house is stolen from a Palestinian. This is ongoing, and they're not done. They want the Palestinians out of Israel. There was already a law that makes Jew that declares Israel a Jewish state, and anyone under that is subordinate. These are dangerous precedents, and they won't stop. And I don't care whether it's a Labor Party Zionist or a right wing Likudnik or a straight up fascist like Nathali Bennett. So. Either way, I prepare for Israel to only get, and in fact, as public opinion turns, prepare for Israel to only feel more backed into a fucking corner and to get more violent.
what are your last thoughts, bud? And I agree with you, dude. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything original to add to that, unfortunately. But I mean, it's, it's a scary situation. It's something, folks. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Do we have any announcements, bud? Uh, not right now. Unfortunately, we'll have some guests coming up. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Facebook. There will be a Facebook event up soon for the second part of uh, the Left is Dead book club. Um, we will be reading from <clears throat> the beginning of part two through chapter 56, which is page 296 in my version which uh, is a good place to stop and time to talk about the Anabaptists. So, and next week, Jake's coming back with me for a movie night, whether he likes it or not. Yeah, let's do it. All right, sounds good, bud. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know, Telegram too, I guess. Find us and have a good night. Hush